0: Days broken, no account, no good for nothing, all to go to hell sinners, just like me, every day. Anybody in here fit that bill? Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us while we were yet sinners. Jesus Christ came and paid my sin debt. If you want to turn this morning with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew in chapter number 11... Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that's a little bit different. (laughs) I don't usually ask you to stand for the reading of the text because I like for everything to be personal. Worship is personal, personal, salvation is personal, reading is personal, and everything about the scripture needs to be personal. So a lot of you, you stand for the reading of the gospel in the mornings, and that's perfectly okay. That's your personal choice, and a lot of you don't, and that as well is okay. But this morning, I'm going to ask if you would, if I could have everybody stand. I I want to read a passage this morning. I want us to read it together. We've been doing some things together for six weeks. and, And I just, I feel like, I feel like the Lord has something here special for us this morning. The text says in Matthew chapter 11, in verse number 28. Now, I want you to stay standing. It's going to take me just a minute to read this passage, but I want you to understand some things. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, this is a specific passage written to a specific person by a specific person. It's written in red, so who said it? Jesus Jesus Christ, God incarnate, the Son of God. God in the flesh, Jesus Christ said, I want you to come unto me. But here's the deal. He said, all ye that labor. You know what that word labor right there means? It comes from a word that means to be tired. It comes from a word that means fatigued. It comes from a word that means to feel weary or to feel worn out. So Jesus is talking specifically to some tired folks in here. I have any tired folks in here? Got anybody feels weary, worn out? But, but there's another word right here. And, and this other word is heavy laden. It comes from a word that means to be overburdened or to be overloaded. Anybody in here feel like you got more on your plate than you can handle? Anybody feel a little overloaded by life, beaten down by some things, burned down by some things? So here's the truth. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he said in this passage, if anybody in here this morning is tired, y'all don't mind if I just preach to myself for a while and you get to sit in and listen to you. This has been a seven-day study for me, and I can go ahead and tell you I ain't got it yet, so don't think you're going to get it all right here in the next half hour. I've been working on this all week, and I've been strung out from can to can't start to finish and still can't get it. I understand why God's trying to teach me some stuff right here, but I ain't getting it. I'm a slow learner. Y'all pray for me. But, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with y'all because I figure I'm probably not the only one that has like a type A kind of personality. That don't understand what the word stop means. That don't understand you always got to get stuff done. You always got to be doing something. Tired, wore out, adding things to your plate. And somebody says something. To me, oh, yeah, I can get that right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here tired this morning? Here's what I want us to do. If you're tired this morning, and and this is you, you, you're overburdened by life. You got some stuff. I want us to read this passage together. Can we do that? All right, you ready? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I I think think we got it down now. We know how we're going to do it. Let's do it one more time. And this time, I want you to really focus on that last word. I want to emphasize what he promises in that last word. You ready? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to look at a message for just a few minutes on standing on the promises of God. Father, thank you so much for this book. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that we stand here saved sinners on our way to heaven. Thank you that you've gone to prepare a place that your promise says you're coming again to get us, to receive us unto yourself. Thank you, Lord, for those that came this morning, Lord, in believer's baptism, to stand up and say, I'm a child of the king. I've been purchased of the lamb. All my sins are washed away. Thank you, God, that we can stand here redeemed, Father. Father, I tell you, I pray you'd take this message this morning. Would you speak to us, God? I pray you'd help each one of us to walk out of this door. Having been touched by your presence, I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to everybody in here as only you can do this morning. Every one of us brought in a different storm, a different trouble, a different trial, a different baggage, a different situation. Everybody here brought in something, God. And you know each and every need, Father. I pray you'd meet needs individually as only you can do. We love you, Father. We thank you and we praise you in the precious, sweet, holy name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. You know, the Word of God makes a a lot of promises to us. The word promise or promises is used in the Word of God more than 60 times. I was trying to look and get an idea of some promises. I was going to share a number with him. You know what I found out? I don't know what that number is. I I don't know much about Herbert Locklear. I know he's an American Indian. I know he's an author. He wrote some books. I, I know that he formed the Baltimore um, American Indian Center I don't know much about him as a Christian but he obviously did a good bit of Bible reading a good bit of study he says that there is many as 7,147 promises in the word of God now I really don't know what that number is and to be honest unless you've gone through and counted them one by one you probably don't either Now, the number varies. You look at Schofield, you look at Harold Wilmington, you look at different, you get different numbers. And I figure that's for a reason. Every time you read something, it reads different to you, right? Right. I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage, but it spoke to me as I was reading this time. And and God began to show me some things about being tired. So probably the number of promises really depends on who was counting the promises and how they were feeling that day and what they were dealing with that day and whether or not something was a promise. So I really don't know exactly how many promises there are in the word of God. But here's what I do know. I have one promise. From in the beginning to, amen, 1189 chapters, 31,102 verses that God said, this is my love letter to you. This will tell you all you need to know for now. Does it leave some unanswered areas? Yep. Does God answer every question you ask him? Nope. Why? Well, probably number one because he's God and he don't have to. Number two, he tells us on a need-to-know basis. That's why we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm not sure how many is in there, but what I do know is that we have a book of promises. Now, God talks about some pain, and God talks about some suffering and some things. and, And here's what I know. Had God never manifest himself in the body of Jesus Christ, then he could have never really understood what you're feeling. Had God never manifest himself in the body of a human being, he might not have ever known what tired felt like. You say, oh, yeah, he rested on the the seventh day, the Sabbath. No, he did that for us. He did that when he created man. He created a Sabbath for us to rest, which is now no longer the seventh day, first day of the week, Sunday, but God created a time for us to rest. God, God put some things in here for us. Had he not manifest himself, he could have never really understood pain. He could have never really understood rejection. He could have never really understood suffering. The things that you deal with in this life, the things that we deal with in this body about being worn out, he could have never felt. But because he became Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, a human being, he understands exactly how you feel. Tired. Burdened hungered beat down tempted he understands everything and here's what he said come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that word rest right there comes from a Greek word that means to be refreshed. Anybody here could stand to be some refreshed this morning? It means to be like renewed, re-strengthened. Anybody need a little bit of help in that? Take my yoke. That's what Jesus said now. The son of God. If you're tired. He started out. This is who he's talking to. If you're tired. If you're labored. If you're burdened. Here's what I want you to know. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find. Not you might find. Not there's a chance you'll find. Not there's a possibility you'll stumble across. But you will find. Shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You know, we live in a very tired world, right? We live in a very stressed out, over anxious world. You know, here's the truth. Last Sunday, as soon as I got home, I started studying. I, you know, I, when I walk out, listen, I, I I walk out here on Sunday thinking one thing: Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. God, what do you want you people to know next week God, what do you want them to have for this week and that's why I told you the reading of the book of John together has helped me because it's let me just sit down and read something for me not not look for a message not look for something just sit down and read something and just let God talk to me that's been helpful to me and helpful a lot just, just to sit down because I start so this is Sunday last Sunday after church as soon as I got home I sat down and, and I began looking at some stuff and I opened the u version devotion if you got the the text or the One call, whatever, that I put out on Friday, you know about this. But here's what it said in that version Bible app. You were not created to live a life that you don't have time for. I said, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. God done got all up in my house. Dale done preached, stepped all over my toes, kicked me upside the head. Dale done brought a message and left me out here. And I walk in and sit down, going to chill for a few minutes. And God said, "Mm mm-mm. I got some stuff to tell you. You're not created to live a life that you don't have time for. Anybody in here feel like you truly don't have enough hours in the day? Anybody feel like you can't really accomplish all that you have to do running here and there trying to get everything? You you feel stressed out because it seems like you always have more to do than you got time to do it, right? See, I say it all the time, and it's true for me. There truly is not enough hours in the day to accomplish all that I want to accomplish. And I'm thankful that there's not, because if there's any more i might kill myself. We're all on the same boat. So, so we live in, in, in this life, and, and we can't really enjoy life, because we're in too big of a hurry to try and get things done. And, and I get it. I get it especially those of you with kids still at home. And God bless you, Pastor Brandon, with with a basketball team of your own at the house. I mean, the more you got, the more busy you understand, don't you, brother? God bless you. You still got them at at the house. and, And so you got all these... Plans to be done. You got to get up and get kids dressed and clothes out and breakfast ready and lunches ready for school and plans to be made. And who's going to pick up who and who's going to football practice, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer. Who's going to take Lucy to dance lessons? I mean, you got all these plans, all this stuff you got to do. We finally get home and watch for dinner and you got to frantic rush around trying to get something down to choke something down because, hey, it ain't over yet. We still got homework, right? And and you checked out of the office a few minutes early because you had to get to football practice in 13 different places in 12 minutes. And so you ran out and you brought some things home from the office. And if you don't get those things done now, then you're going to have to put those on your already full schedule tomorrow. And it's like it never stops. It's one busy day after another. It's one challenging day after another. It's one stress-filled day after another. And before you know it, it's Sunday again. No wonder we're worn out. Here's the problem. It's Sunday again and the truth is most of us, probably you probably get up three hours later on Sunday and you do the rest of the week. But why is it so hard to get up? I, I said this a few weeks ago. If church wasn't important for you to be here, then the devil wouldn't try so hard to keep you from here. If it wasn't so important for you to gather in the house of God with brothers and sisters in Christ and sing praises to his name and hear from his word, if it wasn't so important, that old flesh, that old nature and the devil and all the things of the world wouldn't try so hard to say, you know, you're tired. You know, you just need to stay in and sleep. You you don't need to get up. You know, the kids, they probably need to read. Oh, what your kids need is the house of God. And, And so it's this constant... Constant battle. But the truth is we live in a world that is in a, at an extremely fast pace. But, but God didn't make us to live life stressed out. God, God made us to live a life pleasing to Him. God made us to, to worship. Now, now, God created us to worship. That was our message a couple of weeks ago. But if we're running from place to place trying to get more done than we have time to do and going here and there and running here and there everywhere, then bingo, the devil won. Because we didn't have time for God. See, that's the plan. That's the devil's plan. If I can keep the world so busy living at an unsustainable pace, then they don't have time for God. They don't have time for the things of God. It is the devil's desire for you to have stayed lost and burned in hell forever. But if you're washed in the blood of the Lamb of God, he cannot change that. But he can try to keep you from serving God. He can still try to keep you beat down and burdened and and tired if he can just keep us tied up in these worldly things. We stay so caught up seeking all these things that God truly has blessings that he wants to give us, but he can't give them. Listen, Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. But we spend all of our time seeking the things and we stay so busy after the things that we're so stressed out that we don't have the time for the things of God. If the devil can just keep us too busy, If he can keep us too busy to worship. If the devil can keep us too busy to pray. If the devil can keep us too busy to read the word of God. If he can keep us too busy to just sit down and have a relationship with the Father. If he can just keep us too busy to have time with our family. If he can just keep us too busy to have time with our spouse. Bingo, before you know it, our faith begins to slip because we've not had a relationship with the Father. Our family begins to slip because we've not spent time together. Marriages begin to fail because we've not invested time into each other. Hurry just equals worry. And we rush around all over the place, and, and no rest adds up to stress. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Can I get a picture of a yoke? So, y'all know what's amazing to me. A a yoke is obviously designed for cattle. It's designed for oxen. And and it's obviously designed for a pair. And I was studying last Sunday. And I was looking at this. And... To tell you the truth, I I went to bed Sunday night with it on my mind. And I actually wrote the majority of this message at 3.30 Monday morning. My wife says, now you know why I was up 3.30 Monday morning. Because God just wouldn't let me get this off my mind. Yoke up with me. Hook up with me. You're trying to do so much stuff on your own. You're trying to pull so much weight by yourself. This yoke is designed in pairs. Give give me the one with, with with the two oxen in it. It is designed to work in pair. Boy, you hook in two brutes or something, you're going to move some stuff, right? It is designed to work in twos. If you only have one, it's pulling crooked. And all you're going to do is go in circles and accomplish a whole lot of nothing. Do you know I wanted a picture of a yoke? Put that, put that picture of that yoke back up. I opened one up and the first, you know what the title was when I opened that? A do-it-yourself yoke. He was talking about for decorative purposes and how to make one yourself and take a couple of huge U-balls and put stuff. But it was amazing to me that what God is trying to tell me is that you're too busy trying to do stuff yourself. You're trying to get all this stuff accomplished so that it puts me out. And the first yoke that I open, I just want a picture of it. It's called a do-it-yourself yoke. And that's where a lot of us is living our lives. We're we're trying to to pull things out. We're we're hooked up to this thing. Jesus said, hook to my yoke. Jesus said, learn of me. That word learn, it it comes from a word that means to learn so that you understand. Learn about me and understand some things. You need to understand that I can pull your weight. You need to understand that I can carry your burdens. I can fix your problems. I can move your mountains. I can calm your storms. I can pay your bills. I can heal your family. I can give you time. I can give you rest. If you'll just take my yoke, if you'll take my book, my word, my yoke, put my yoke on you and and learn of me. Jesus said, yoke up with me and learn of me in a way that you understand that, that I can. And he said, "You'll find rest until your weary souls. You can't find something if you're not looking for it." Everybody ain't going to sleep? I said, "You can't find something if you ain't looking for it." So, so if we want rest, we need to look for it. But here's the truth: it's not hard to find. We don't have to put out an all-out search. Jesus said it, it's right here. Re- read about me. Learn about me, and and I'll give you what you're looking for. Rest until your souls. You know that word souls is our spirit. I'll tell you why that stood out to me as well. Anybody ever, I don't know, maybe, maybe you spent all day Saturday working in your yard or working on your house, you did something all day Saturday, and by evening you were just wore out, body tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, when your body gets physically tired, you wore out, you go in, you sit down, you eat dinner, keep back in the recliner, <laughs> down for the count, right? Wake up in there, stagger your way into the bedroom, in the bed. Wake up refreshed. When the body is tired, you can sit down and go to sleep, and the body will rest and be refreshed. But when it is your soul that's troubled, hmm, when it is your spirit that is troubled, there is no sleep. Anybody lay awake at night worrying about stuff? Anybody know what I'm talking about? When it is the spirit that's tired, the spirit won't let you sleep. Out of exhaustion, you may doze off a little bit, but you keep waking up. You keep it on your mind. Jesus said, I can give you rest if you hook up to my yoke and quit trying to do so many things on your own. If you'll just hook up with me, learn, learn of me. You know why most of us are so frantic, so, so stressed out? We're not looking for rest. We're looking for ways to accomplish all that we're trying to accomplish and add in a couple things. We're looking to try to get everything done and put everything in. So I want us to take a real quick test this morning. This is a one question test. It's a hundred or zero. There's no in between. You don't have to worry about a passing grade, right? But, but reality is a very simple one, and you can't miss it because the question's about us personally. So you're the only one that can know the answer. But you know, how many of you, you, you kind of have a schedule every day. You have a routine. You get up. You, you do stuff. How many of you use an alarm clock? That in itself is rude enough. I mean, who came up with that, man? That, that's like, fortunately, I, I don't really use them a lot. My wife is my witness. She's sharing. She'll tell you, if I set a clock at 4.30, I'm going to get up. No later than 425, most of the time. My clock never goes off. What, 10 days out of the year, maybe? And that's only because I woke up 30 minutes early instead of 10 or 15 minutes early. And I thought, oh, I got 30 minutes. I'll lay here. Good morning, Father. And I'll pray for a few minutes. Next thing I know, that clock goes off. Another reason, I don't want to go off I don't want to wake her up. But when that thing does go off, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what day it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, where am I supposed to be? Why is that? What? And here's the reality. I use a radio clock, and it is set on Joy FM. That is the wrong name. I don't care what song is on. Mate. One of them never woke me up in a grateful, thankful mood. Every one of them is like, where's the buttons to get this thing to shut up so I can figure out why am I waking up? But the reality is we, we start out with that frantic clock and trying to figure out what day, where am I going, what's going on. And, and then it just goes from there. It's kind of like that starts it off. It ain't bad enough. It just goes on. And it's every single day, over and over, always busy. Is that anybody? Anybody I'm talking about? I just want to see if anybody's in this with me. So here, here's the question. You ready? When you, when you got your schedule, you've got your plan, you've got everything ready for your day, what time did you schedule rest? Wait, what 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 was that question again? What time did you schedule rest? I mean, if if, if the day is all planned out and you got all the places to go and all the things to do and everybody to pick up, you, you have everything else scheduled, what time did you schedule rest? What time did you plan to worship God? What time did you plan to just sit down and read his book and let him talk to you a little bit? What time did you plan to to just sit down and pray? If you didn't plan a time of rest, you think it's just going to show up out of nowhere and you're just going to get this great refreshing time to sit back and kick back and enjoy the Spirit of God? So what time did we plan rest? Here's the truth. Man, you guys come on up. They're like, what? I know I ain't almost done. Yeah, I am. I'll be through in 20 minutes. I just want to give you all some hope. Come on up. How many of you know what unintended consequences are? You know, sometimes you plan something, and what you planned is all good, but um, there are unintended consequences. Now They're not always bad. Sometimes, not most times, sometimes things actually turn out better. Well, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I see here in what God has been doing. Unintended consequences is, is unexpected results from something so God has spent six weeks trying to teach you and I how to rest see I, I didn't get that till this week I didn't get that I, I've been praying is there a week seven I've been praying is there another thing to add I've been wanting to know what the six weeks is about so here it is week number one read a chapter a day from the book of John not a checklist not a punch list don't sit down and read it I got a few minutes in the beginning it was word word of God hey, I'm done it's not a time. It's just sit down. Plan you a time. I mean, what is it, five minutes? Seven minutes to, to read a chapter? But it's rest. It's time to sit down and let the Word of God just soak in. Teach something. It's rest. Week two, we added a prayer in. Father, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for your blessings in my life. I want to thank you for the mercy bestowed upon me. Listen, if we start counting our blessings, you're going to be resting for a while. If we just try to sit down and thank God for the things that he's done for us, it's going to take a minute. And then, Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, my, my faults, my failures, every evil deed, every evil intention, every thought of the imagination. And then, Father, I'm asking you to, to lead me, to guide me through this day. That was, that was week two. We added in. Then, then week three, we, we added in to pray for some specific things. Now, if you've got some specific things that you need God to do for you, you can spend a minute praying about those. Anybody say amen? Anybody got some specific things you've been praying about? Specific things can take a minute, and and so you got specific things. But one of those had to be for what? Had to be for somebody else. So now you've got time, you've read the word of God, you've prayed, you've praised God. You've asked God to forgive you, you've asked God to guide your day. And now you've brought in some specific things in your life. But now you're praying for somebody else. One of the greatest things that we have, one of the greatest opportunities is to come boldly into the throne room of grace that we might obtain mercy. When you walk into the throne room of grace to pray for somebody else, you've touched heaven. And if you'll walk in and pray for others, then God starts meeting our needs. We went into week number four, pray for somebody every day. Have God give you somebody, pray for somebody every day. Maybe shoot them a text. Man, by now you're up to what, 12, 15 minutes of rest. You're up to time of soaking. You're up to time to to learning on week five. What was add to this? Ask God to give you something to do for his glory. Wait, wait, wait. You said we were resting. If we're resting, then why am I asking God to give me something to do? Because if you will ask God to give you something to do and do it for his glory... He'll make time you didn't know you had. You you start doing things for the glory of God, you'll start accomplishing things and start finding time on your hands. When we make God a priority, then last week, (coughs) we added a fast. One meal, pick it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, any day of the week. We're just all doing this together. Pick one. Most of you probably get an hour for lunch. You get at least a half hour. That's time to sit down and, and rest, to think of me, to learn of me, that, that he might supply rest. That's time to just spend with God, him. God gave us that. God, God gave us that in this, this six weeks. And, and not only that, but he gave us something to do together as a church. But for some of you, you've told me in six weeks, God's changed your life. You have a daily Bible reading plan now that you didn't have. You have a daily prayer life now that you didn't have. You have a closer relationship now. In just six weeks, that's all it took. But not only that, we have time. We have time to learn of him built into our day. You don't have to fast every day. You don't have to fast a meal every day, but it would, it would do good to maybe every once in a while take a meal and go out and, and sit down and get your Bible out and, and read while you're eating. Put, put that time to use because Dale talked about it. It's more than, it's more than physical food that we need. It's not, it's not just the bread or birth we need it. It's that spiritual blessing. Spirit So maybe during lunch, if we took the time to, to go out and, and feed both the body and the soul, I can tell you one thing, it's a simple truth: if you don't plan to rest in this busy world, you won't rest. If you don't build time in to read the Word of God, if you don't build time in to just sit down. You know, one of the biggest questions I get asked a lot, how do you know the voice of God? How how, how do you understand the voice of God? Because the devil talks to you too. Anybody say amen? There's some whispering all the time. I will tell you this, if it conflicts the Word of God and it's not in the will of God, then it's not God. But but it, it's how how do you know the voice of God? How many of you in here? If if you if we blindfolded you and had everybody in the room speak, the moment that your spouse spoke, you would recognize that voice. You better raise your hand <laughs> if you got any sense. Y'all y'all ain't been married that long, but uh, y'all y'all said, That's so But I I still I bet y'all recognize each other's voice, don't you? Shake your head. She's sitting right beside you, brother. Buddy, buddy. Yeah, I know her voice like nothing. You're going to get to know it better and better. I promise you. You're going to hear it in your sleep. You know why we recognize that voice? Because we spend time with it. What? Because we spend time with it. You recognize voices that you talk to often. You recognize the voices that you hear a lot. If you don't make time to rest, if you don't make time to read that book and let the Holy Spirit speak to you, it ain't going to just show up in your world. Listen, there's a lot of things. Somebody can say amen right here. There's a lot of things will show up in your day that's got to be done right now. There's a lot of things come in, add to your day, stop what you're doing, got to go here. Phone rings. There's something, there's always stuff that will interrupt and say, this has got to be done right now. Rest ain't one of those things. Until your health deteriorates to a point that your body says, now you'll sit down and rest. You've worked me like a dog and I'm done. Jesus said, it doesn't have to be that way. He says, come unto me all ye. That's like a whosoever. Whosoever will, let him come. Any whosoever's in here? Whosoever and all ye, is the same. That, that means anybody. He says, anybody, anybody that is burdened, anybody that's tired, anybody that's fatigued, anybody that life has beat you down, any, anybody that, that is overburdened by all the things going on in your life, anybody and everybody, just if, if, you, if you're heavy laden, you come, I will give you rest. Take my yoke, hook up to my yoke. Let me pull the weight for you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says, I'm going to give you an inner peace. I'm going to give you something that you're not going to forget. I'm going to give you something to hold on to, help and hope and restoration. I'm going to give you time. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So I'm almost done, but I'm not quite done just yet. But I'm going to stop. I'm going to let the band. We're singing redeemed. Anybody in here redeemed? Here's what you can do. Why don't you just take a minute and rest. The song's probably four or five minutes long. You can rest however you want to. You can come rest right here at the altar. You can come rest in the presence of God. You can rest on the front row. You can stand where you're at. You can stand and raise your hand. You can sit where you are. It doesn't matter. However you feel like resting. But understand that resting is sitting in the presence of God. It's not just sitting around doing nothing It's taking time to recognize God It's taking time to recognize What he's done for me To let him speak to me To let him refresh Not just my physical body But my spirit It's my spirit that needs to be refreshed It's my spirit that the world's trying to beat down It's my spirit that these filthy pathetic commercials Come on and beat down and tear down Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me me read you a text real quick Y'all got a minute? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. The devotion that I did made this statement. Purposeful time in the Bible requires making it a priority to focus on just being with Jesus. Reading the word of God is not a punch list. Getting your prayer in the morning is not a punch list. It's not just to get the things in while, as you drive to work, just in case you have something to do. It's just to be a priority in our, in, in our lives. The devotion went on, and says, we need to give it enough time to let the words, the tone, and the context sink in. We need to give it time so that we learn to recognize the voice of God need to take some time it's called rest it's called read the word of God it's called pray it's just time time with the Father time that will change our life time that makes burdens bearable that makes storms calm that makes situations cease time with the Father we do just the opposite we try to work harder and harder to make things better that's not what the book says the book says we're to seek him first For those that want to continue doing things together as a church. We're going to keep your six weeks card. Keep the one you have for six weeks. We're just going to do the same thing. We've got it plugged in. But here's the change. We're not going to read the book of John again. You should have already read it twice by now. 21 chapters, 21 days, two times, three weeks. But what we are going to do is is we're going to move to John's first letter. I, I want you this week to read 1 John. Five chapters, so you're going to have a couple free days. Don't skip it. Put something in. Find something. Read one again. Maybe underline something that God, as, underline as you read that God speaks to you. And on that 6th and 7th day, go back and study the things that really stood out to you during the week. But, but here's the truth. The Apostle Paul wrote 13 letters to the church. A couple to Corinth, Ephesus, Rome, Philippians. He wrote them to the church. John wrote letters to the family. John wrote a letter to the to the children. Here's what Schofield says. With the possible exception of the Song of Solomon 1 John is the most intimate of all the writings of the Bible the sin of a Christian is treated as a child's offense against his father. The child's sin against the law has been met at Calvary's cross and Jesus the righteous is now the advocate with the father John's letter leads us across the threshold to the father's house So if you want to continue this week, keep your six-week card. We're going to read 1 John together this week. I pray it be a blessing. I want to ask you to do one thing before we go. I ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes right where you are. Is there anybody in this morning say, I know that I know that I know. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. All my sins are forgiven and forgotten. I'm a child of the King because I've trusted Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I know you slip your hand up proudly. Say, I'm a child of the King. I'm a member of the family. All over the building. Thank you so much. Real quick. In the house. Online. YouTube. Wherever you are. It doesn't make any difference. If you couldn't raise your hand. I want you to be able to do that. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for all sins. I know we're all sinner. All of sin come short of the glory of God. And we know that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ is the way. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. You can be saved in here today. You can be saved out there online today. Whenever you're hearing this, whatever day it is, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that saves souls, but it's up to you to surrender your heart. It's not a lip service. It's not a poem. It's not, well, Father, I want to go to heaven, so forgive me. Amen. And you go on living life. It is the surrender of your heart. Say, Father, I'm tired of running. I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. And save my soul. I want to be a child of the King. God will be faithful and just to save you. Right where you are. Wherever that may be. Father thank you so much for being so incredibly good. Thank you, God, for grace that just keeps on pouring out, for mercy that just keeps on forgiving, for long-suffering that keeps on having patience, for love that never stops in spite of us. God, thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your countless, many wonderful, undeserved blessings that you freely pour out on us. Thank you, God, that you're always good. Even in the worst of trials and the worst of circumstances, you're always good. You're always present. Your love is always there. God, I pray for these, your people, God, our family, Lord. Lord, I pray every family here represented. God, I pray you'd go with them, go before them, prepare the way, put a hedge of protection around them, keep them safe, and everything that's there make us usable vessels. God, I pray as we as we go our separate ways, Father, will you dismiss us in your love and help us to be pleasing to you in all that we do? We love you, God. We thank and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. God bless.